Hello and welcome to another Seismic Cinema podcast. Great news, everyone. Paul is back. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing after listening to your last podcast with Mr. Strachan. Well, you, you said that all our all your fan mail was saying that they needed you back. Yeah, you got to give the people what they want. So, yeah, I'm back by popular demand. <laughs> Okay, so this is our Thursday movie review, and Paul, you usually take the, the honours here. What is it we're going to be looking at this evening? Well, after last week's review in The Shining, we thought we could do a nice wee, a wee follow-up on its sequel, uh, Doctor Sleep. And I am going to just say that we've both, well, I've only seen this once, so if there's any... Um, mistakes or omissions then it's all Paul's fault yep it was definitely my fault I forced I forced this movie upon you <laughs> and made you not have time for it but yeah it's, we should just get right get right into it and get on with, get on with the show yep so similar structure to last week we're just going to talk about what we liked about the film and we've actually discussed this one even less than we did discuss The Shining so I'll be interested to hear your takes Paul. Uh, thing, anything we disliked about the film links to popular culture in particular its predecessor The Shining and then we'll finish off just by telling you where you can find us and what we've got coming up next. Yes. So uh, Paul did you, sorry on you go. No. Just a, it's a very interesting movie to try and try and analyze and get through the, the likes and dislikes of it. It's just so much different from The Shining. I feel so. It should be interesting to see all see our different takes on it. Yeah, and the fact I've only seen it literally once, and I've seismic cinema tradition put it on in the background here. It'll just be interesting to see a what I remember and b what where we kind of match up and where we differ. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to take it away with what you liked first? Okay, so I'm just going to say things that just come into my head. I really like the device where older Danny is writing on, well, first of all, there's like images and words that appear on his uh, wall in the kind of apartment he's staying in. And then he ends up writing back and forward to another one of the, the main characters, uh, Ab- Abra Stone, is that correct? I think so, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, bro. So I really like that that way of communication, and obviously it showed the link that they've got through having the shining. So I quite enjoyed that dynamic. Yeah, that was it was quite a a funny a funny wee quirky thing that they were doing. Uh, but I don't know if the if the landlady walked in. What should you be thinking? Aye, so um, they <laughs> they became they became fast friends. So what was something that uh, stood out for you? Something that you enjoyed about the film? Well, I don't know if this is, I don't know if I can say I enjoyed it, but it's something that stood out for me was um, the horrendous murder of, the horrendous murder and kidnapping and murder of Baseball Boy. <laughs> Baseball Boy, yeah. That's what it became um, known as. Yeah. So, like, the whole scene is probably this, the thing that stands out for me has been the most memorable. Um that, that says a lot about you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's um, so just to refresh uh, our memories, but also anyone that's listening as well, this happens because he's he's really kind of powerful with the shining. 
and the the, the True Not gang are trying to steal his shine, essentially, to kind of keep them living longer. That's kind of my understanding of it. Yeah, they're basically like soul-eating vampires that live off what they call steam, which is basically, I think, I thought that was a software that powered my football manager. Well, if they, if they lived off that, they'd, they'd probably be a bit less gory. <laughs> yeah. So we liked, I liked the kind of communication device. Uh, you didn't like the murder, obviously, but you, you it was memorable for you. Yeah. But also, I like, I'd just like to say as well, like, see the wee actual baseball himself, mm-hmm. like, his acting in the scene, mm-hmm. I thought it was, like, crazy good. And I was like, I was like, should I really be watching this? Like, what's going on? Is he actually getting murdered? It's a bit of a theme in The Shining and Doctor Sleep that they're strong child actors, because I know you're a big fan of young Danny's performance in The Shining, and also a... I've forgotten her name now. Is it Abra. No. Ab- Abra. Abra gave a really strong performance as well. She was like likable and like um, innocent, but also very creepy as well. Yeah, but she's also got a strength about her that she's willing to take on these vampires, basically vampires, yeah. uh, to try and help Baseball Boy and just basically take them down as well. I really like that scene in the supermarket where they're like kind of getting into each other's minds and then she just like fights back and um, rose the hat. The main villain goes kind of flying into the, the freezer. Ah, uh, yeah. I thought it was quite, it was, there was quite a few good exchanges between Rose the Hat and yeah. Abra when they're trying to like figure each other out, try to get into each other's minds. Uh, and I like the scene. It was kind of similar to that when Rose tries to find Abra again after that exchange and she thinks she's going through Abra's kind of mental filing case uh, to find clues about her. But Abra's actually set a trap for her and knows she's coming because Dan's warned her and uh, she ends up turning her against herself and going into Rose's head and stealing all the information about her. I thought that was a really good scene as well. It is, it is quite a clever film. Another thing that comes to mind that I liked, I really liked uh, Billy Freeman, Dan's friend, the guy he starts working with and who takes him to the AA meetings. Yeah, he comes he comes across really genuine, doesn't he? That yeah. He wants to help Dan. He just kind of recognises that Dan's in a kind of tricky place and basically gives him somewhere to live and sorts him a job all in the winter, so He's a really top guy. Yeah, uh, he's really, he's a really good actor. I think he's in a few things. I think he's in uh, Fear the Walking Dead, and I've seen him in Cliff, a few movies. Cliff from Curtis, according to Wikipedia, Cliff Curtis is his name. Well, yeah, I did. I did like his his character, but I'm going to put his his death in the didn't like section. Oh come on, we're supposed to wait until we get to that section. Sorry. Is this your first is this your first podcast? <laughs> right, it's okay. I'll I'm, a, I'm a bit rusty. I know you were rusty after being off last time. Yeah, I get it. Right, so who been last there? Do you remember? What was that, sorry? Who who was the last person to say they liked something? Uh me. Me. So no, it was you. It was you because you said you, you liked the actor Billy. Okay. So anything else stands out for you? Uh 
I like the fact that they went full circle, went back to the Overlook Hotel. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't see that coming. If I'm being honest, that kind of caught me by surprise. Like, yeah, it makes total sense and a kind of fan service sense, and also kind of for the story. But I, I actually didn't see it coming. If I'm honest, I was really hyped. I think I actually messaged you on a Messenger when that happened, saying we're going back to the hotel. Yeah, because I, because you know, you know me, I'm a bit weird and. I watched Doctor Sleep before I seen The Shining. <laughs> yeah. So after watching it again, after watching The Shining, it just holds so much more gravity now, and so much more, um, so much more significance. Yeah. So, just based on the scene I just saw on the screen just there, I think one strength of this film is its real creepy nature. Like, there's a lot of bits that are a wee bit jumpy and a wee bit kind of uncomfortable to watch yeah there's a couple of scenes that like you're saying that they're not they're just off-putting uh are you talking about the the woman and the baby uh no i wasn't actually thinking of that scene but yeah that's another scene what are you talking about I was thinking more of the the lady in the bathtub that also comes from The Shining. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who I found her name somewhere and I've lost it. We're trying to up up the the quality a bit here and have the have the character names. Mrs. Massey is her name. Oh, old old Nikki Mrs. Massey. So she makes she makes quite a few appearances. Yeah. So there's the bit at the start. You you're quite fond of the the kind of first scene where we see a young version of one of the characters. The first scene was um, young snake by Andy. Oh no, it was the scene before that. I was talking about um, earlier on in the call. Um, it was when young Violet gets abducted. That's when we first see Rose the Hat and yeah. the rest of the the true knot. Yeah, yeah, um, that's the one. Yeah, so young Violet uh, wanders off into the woods and comes across Rose the Hat, and Rose the Hat comes across as like really nice, and you're thinking, oh, what's going on here? And then, just little by little, these random strangers appear in the woods surrounding the creepy. That was creepy because the first guy that came up, I was like, oh okay, she's got a creepy friend standing in the bushes, but then they all they all just start appearing, and then suddenly you're like, yeah, something something's going down here. Yeah, and then you're like, right, this film's only, what, three minutes old? Surely they're not going to date into this poor wee kid. <laughs> but nope, three minutes in, wee kid gets, well, ultimately uh, devoured by the the vampires. But yeah, and there's a fun wee fact as well. I think the director, Mike, Mike Flanagan, is that what, my, my brain's yeah. terrible remembering these names. Yeah, I think it's Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan, um, he directed this movie, but he also directed The Haunting of Hill House, which I really, really liked. Uh, it was a series on Netflix. And the wee girl Violet is one of the main stars in that series as well, as one of the wee girls. So, yeah, it was nice. It was a kind of nice wee, yeah. wee cameo. And while we're on the topic of cameo, the, the, the guy who plays young Danny in The Shining... He has a cameo at the baseball ground. 
Yeah, I don't even, I didn't notice. Well, saying that, I didn't I see it. I, don't I know, just heard it in a review. Can I just apologise, by the way? One of my cats has been really annoying and noisy in the background here. I don't know if you can hear it, but. Which one is it, Domino or Buddy? It's Buddy. He's been very off putting. <laughs> well, my dog's actually sleeping for once, so this is quite, quite serene. They just had to choose right now to start making loads of noise. Uh, something else I like just that came to mind was I like the, the scenes between. Um, Wendy, is it the mum? Yes. And Danny, I thought they were some nice scenes, like when they're sitting watching TV. Although he takes a a weird bathroom break at that point, but I thought the 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 two actors that replaced the original cast, I thought they did a really good job, and they they kind of captured the essence of the character. Yeah, I liked that as well because um, when I first like I seen Doctor Sleep first, and when we went back to The Shining. Uh, you could actually you could see that they're really really close to what the originals were, mm-hmm. even um, Dick Halloran. Um, yeah, I thought it was the same. I thought it was I thought it was the same actor. He did such a good job. Yeah, he did sound. I think he sounds the exact same as well. So, yeah, they they done a really good job casting wise in the movie to keep that feeling of continuation. I'm I'm a bit slow, and I didn't actually clock till later on that. Um, he was a ghost in the the scene in the hospital. Like he's not alive. What you didn't realize he was a ghost? Not not the first not the first time I watched the scene. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm, yeah, I guess he must be quite old by now. Oh, yeah. I've got a, I've got a fun fact. So see the room of the obviously the the two three seven the classic room in The Shining. Yes. That was actually changed to a different number from the book because the number in the book, I think there was a hotel somewhere that was complaining that it was driving away business. So they picked a number that didn't exist. I don't know what hotel it was, but anyway, the the, the you know how uh, older Danny goes into the room and he meets Dick in one of the hospital rooms? Yes. The the number on that door is the, the original number from the book. That's the kind of creepy room in The Shining. Oh right, okay, that's a nice Easter egg. I can't so, remember what the number is, but it's like two. Is it two one seven or something? <clears throat> yeah, it's close. I did wonder that because yeah. I'm sure I heard on another podcast yeah. somewhere that they changed the number, but I didn't know why. Yeah. So it's quite interesting because there there's a whole kind of backstory that Stephen King doesn't like The Shining, and a big part of this film was to A, be a movie adaptation of the Doctor Sleep book, but also to include aspects of the the Shining novel uh, to kind of make up for some of the things that were disappointing to Stephen King. Yeah, there was quite a... I think there was quite a few bits and pieces in Doctor Sleep that were, were, were set to kind of appease the, the Stephen King machine. Just for um, a bit of... Sorry, on you go. On you go. On you go. Uh, just saying that, just for numbers wise, uh, The Shining novel came out in 1977, same year as a certain other film. Uh, but the Doctor Sleep book only came out in 2013, so it's not actually that old a book. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I, th- I would have thought it came out way, way long uh, ago. So, no, yeah, and it, know, yeah. it got, it was Akiva Goldsman was originally picked to write the script but then they couldn't get a budget so it was delayed and then when another Stephen King book it 
was successful in 2017, they rewrote the script and Gold um, and Flanagan directed it. So it came out about really quickly after the book was released, and it was it that kind of helped launch it to be a film. God bless Pennywise. I'm reading all that stuff on Wikipedia. I'm not. I'm not a genius, but there you I was go. Gonna say so, really. <laughs> I thought you Wikipedia, were. Uh, no, Wikipedia is quite useful when it comes to this kind of stuff. So, is there anything else you want to highlight that you like before we move on to anything that maybe we didn't like as much? Uh, I think I thought I thought one of the things you would have liked was uh, Hedge Maze returning. Yeah. Uh, although, actually, I'll 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 stop there. I'll save that for things I don't like. We'll we'll, we'll get back to that. <laughs> I, 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 I did get so hyped though when they were returning to the hotel. That was like a real kind of geek out moment. I, I think we would say are we both becoming quite big fans of this kind of franchise now? Like having done these reviews and watched the films a few times. Yeah, I feel like I've definitely got a. A better appreciation for it anyway, because when I watched it as a standalone film, I was kind of like, yeah, it's all right, but I didn't understand the kind of foundations of like the shining, the actual shine itself, um, yeah. and like the significance of the hotel setting and like everything that happened to his dad, Jack. So, but yeah, definitely after watching the first one, I really like the franchise as a whole and how it, how it worked out. Two things just before we move on. I like that there it wasn't a uh, Jack Nicholson, but it was cool seeing uh, a stand-in actor Henry Thomas uh, playing a bartender when they kind of recreated the famous uh, Gold Room scene from The Shining. Yeah, it was it was it was a nice wee nice wee cameo as well, just to him talking to his father and obviously over the bar where uh, there was so much animosity with booze in their lives playing such a big part, especially in uh, Danny's life so far before he settles down in, in New Hampshire. It was a really intense scene, wasn't it, when like um, the Jack ghost passed him the drink and he, he essentially turned it down and didn't take it. So it was a real kind of symbolic of the, kinda, the battle with alcoholism that he was fighting. Yeah, especially after seeing the nick of, nick of him at the start of the film. Yeah, we don't want to see Obi-Wan like that, do we? We don't. We don't. The, the, clone, war, the clone Wars were rough. <laughs> right, so let's move on to the things we dislike. And I'll be honest, nothing comes to mind immediately. I'm going to let you start, and then I will, I'll chime in after that. Well, like, I would say the thing I didn't dislike... Was didn't that didn't dislike? Yeah, I know. Um, so you liked it? <laughs> it's a kind of double-edged sword because I kind of liked that the shining powers were like ramped up to like a thousand in this. X Men, you compared them to? Yeah, so it's like the X Men. Like everyone's got like their kind of wee superpower that like they use their shining for. Yeah. Also, I didn't like the fact that everyone had all these different powers because it did make it feel like kind of X-Men superpowers uh, kind of way. Like, it's hard to say. Like, I did I did like it in some instances, but I didn't like it. If you You're going to end in a real circle there. Right. Yeah. So, I like, I like you, you, like, you like the evolution of The Shining, so we could push that back to the first segment of this 
podcast, but you don't like that it maybe went a wee bit too far. Yeah, some points, you know, like when she's like flying through the air, seeking, like kind of projecting herself, seeking Abra. Yeah. I didn't like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of took me out of it a wee bit, but yeah. I did like overall, like elaborating. I like I like that Danny, his powers seem to have um, evolved, like you said, and he seems to kind of have the all round package of being able to control it as well. Obviously, it was necessary for the film, but like you, I feel like the the True Not gang. I just see when they were like sucking the what did they call it? Steam. The steam from them. I don't know. I just thought that bit was a wee bit. Uh, nah. Yeah. I just feel like <laughs> it was a bit weird, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just very vampire culty. Uh, but I think, do you think that kind of ties in? You know, like it, like Danny at the start, he's like kind of addicted to alcohol, and then these vampires are addicted to this steam. Like mm. I think there seems to be a lot of kind yeah. of addiction theme going out through the whole film. And what they were saying was, and when it's set twenty nineteen, the the gang were starving because steam was becoming really rare. So the the boy at the baseball and and Abra etc. That's why they were so wanting to get them because there wasn't as much steam going around. Yeah, and Abra was the was the whale to them, wasn't it? That, it could keep them, could sustain them for a long time if they kept her, yeah, kept her alive and just ate her up bit by bit. But there's also worth mentioning as well that to make the steam I think more purer, they said was it has to be through pain and suffering. So like when they're murdering the wee boy, they murder him, murder him like brutally and slowly. Mm. But they don't, they need his fear, they need his pain to make the steam more pure. And I thought that was just that was so bad. I felt so bad for that wee boy. Yeah. Uh, but Oh, I think it was necessary for the film just to show how bad these guys were. Um, but yeah, it definitely sticks in your mind when you, as soon as I think about Doctor Sleep now, I just think of that scene. So, <clears throat> so that's kind of an iconic one for me. So... One thing that is again it's similar to you, it's something I like and dislike. I like that they went back to the hotel because it was really cool and it turned what was a decent film into quite a memorable film. Yeah. But I think they went really like fan service over the top towards the end. It just like became like shining two point Obviously it was meant to mirror Jack's story with Danny's story but what's your thoughts? Do you feel like it went a wee bit too fan servicey towards the end? Uh, you know what, I didn't actually mind it um, I thought just because the whole film was going full circle, I thought it was it was kind of necessary, I, well, not necessary but like you're saying it was fan service but I didn't actually mind it at all um, but have you seen have you Read the entire audio, but yeah. The Shining? Yeah. No, I'm not that far into it. I was going to mention that, actually. I'm, I'm finding that a bit weird. Like, it focuses a lot more on Jack's alcoholism and, like, the kind of family dynamic at home. So um, he's just kind of got the job. I'm still quite early into it, but I'll keep you updated as I progress. 
All right, because I was going to mention something, but it kind of spoils the end of the book because the right. book's different. It ends yeah. different to the, the movie. Yeah. Just, just leave it. We can, we can discuss that in a, in a future time. So okay. I went. La- I mentioned that I thought maybe it went a wee bit too fan servicey, and um, we thought maybe some of the powers were a wee bit over the top. Is is there anything else in this film that you didn't like as much? Um, to be honest, I can't think off the top of my head. I thought it was just a really kind of well balanced movie. Maybe at the start it was a it was kind of a bit depressing, but I think it was meant to show how Danny's struggling. Mm-hmm. But when I was watching it for the very first time, I was like, geez, oh man, like, this is not fun. He's very socially awkward at the start, wasn't he? He became a wee bit better communicating as it went on, but he's very, very kind of reclusive. But you would kind of expect that of someone who had the the childhood experiences that he had, and that's a big theme of the film. Yeah, and being haunted, haunted constantly by the, the ghosts from the Overlook. Yeah. So we're kind of struggling to talk about things that we dislike, but other things are coming to mind. I did like the bit where he kind of called back all the ghosts, um, and you see like the the twins, and you see the the, the old caretaker. Was he in that scene? Yeah, I think so. It was it Grady? Was it? Yeah, Gilbert Gilbert Grady. So you see a lot of those uh, characters there. Yeah, I'd like what you're saying it did kinda of, a lot of the stuff did mirror the old even the ca- even see the camera shots. Mm-hmm. It's pre- it's like like for like, like the old the old movie as well, like when Hugh McGregor's been upstairs, the camera's over his shoulder. Yeah. So like over Wendy's shoulder. Yeah. <coughs> oh, excuse me. There's also the scenes with the Daddy's bike and the kind of flashback at the start. The kind yeah. of the camera behind the bike, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's shot the exact same way. Um, yeah. The only thing, the only thing that's like we're talking about dislikes and stuff. It's not got the same feel as the original. Uh, it's not a big gripe for me because the first one was like ah, it's, it's unique in its own kind of special way, and I don't think you could do that in these this day and age. I don't think people these days would have the attention span for it. But uh, you don't want to just rip off. The yeah. classic though, so it's probably better that it paid homage in a slightly different way. Yeah, but like was, the, the atmosphere was totally different, which I don't, I don't mind. It was just I was expecting the shining and this to be kind of similar, but it's really totally, I would say, totally different. Well, the mum but, and the the mum and the baby yeah. on the screen right now with the with the maggots coming out their eyes. Yeah, that was a weird scene as well, but. <laughs> uh. Does, does he deserve redemption after that? <laughs> so I'm just trying to think. There, I'm just trying to think. Not necessarily things we dislike, but just other things that we remember because it was about a week ago that, that I watched it. Now, oh, we did mention it. Uh, Danny's new friend has really surprising and sudden death, and I was really enjoying the character of uh, Billy. And then, do you remember how the how he went? Uh, yeah, snake biting. Well, um, Billy and Danny ambush the true knot in the woods, mm-hmm. um, and they get the better of most of them. I think kill most of them except Andy, and Andy's about to kill Danny, but Billy shoots her in the neck and I think the stomach, 
and she looks like she's about to die, but Andy uses her special power, which is basically to uh, it convinces people to do whatever she says. Yeah. And just as her, her final parting words, she just looks at Billy and tells him to kill himself. It was brutal, wasn't it? I, oh, I wasn't expecting that, and I was like, that's so like brutal. <laughs> like, like, I thought Danny might use this power or something to to try and stop him, but obviously he couldn't because it was too it was too quick. But yeah, I felt bad for him. Like Billy was just trying to help him. And like most of the movie, Danny's trying to convince Billy about his powers and stuff. And I thought he might have lasted a bit longer, but pretty good. They made they made you really care about the character and then just ripped him away, which obviously was impactful, but I was a wee bit annoyed that that was the end of his story because I was enjoying the dynamic. Yeah, but you knew soon you knew um when Andy's sitting there dying, that she was going to get a few words off because she hadn't died straight away. Yeah. And it wasn't going to turn it well for Billy. Yeah, there's some really, just what's on the screen for me right now, The <laughs> some of the scenes of the AA meeting are really good when like Danny gets up and kind of talks about his dad. It seems like despite everything, he still kind of cares for his dad and kind of looks back on him semi-fondly. Yeah, it does, it does appear that way. Um, I don't know if it's maybe part of the book or whatever that maybe he's, he does some have some sort mm. of empathy with him, but um, I could I could imagine that he does take it quite badly. Even though in the Shining movie, you can clearly see that Danny's mostly terrified of Jack most of the time. Yeah, but I'm just watching yeah. the scene where Danny gets possessed. And it basically turns into Jack with the lump Aye, and stuff. Yeah, are you that far on? Yeah. Right, <laughs> so we we normally do a segment just talking about links to popular culture. Like, I don't know this film. Oh, oh, there's a bit on the screen now that I would have forgotten if I didn't have it on the screen. That's why this is useful. The scene when Danny goes to get the job in the hospital, and it's like an exact replica of the office in the Overlook, with the the orange orange walls and stuff, and the window. I never noticed that. Did you not notice that? It's it's on yeah. my screen right now, and it's it's exactly the same as the interview Jack got interviewed in the the room Jack got interviewed in. No, I never noticed that at all. So that's yeah. quite interesting. Um, so, is there any other wee nods? Well, there's loads of nods, but was there anything else particularly that stands out in terms of links to The Shining? Because that's probably our main point of reference here for this film. Eh, or can... most of them. Yeah, I think we did cover most of them. Just the returning kind of cast, well, not the returning cast, but returning characters from mm-hmm. from the original movie. <coughs> oh, sorry, one thing, yeah. one thing we didn't mention was that Danny gets the job, and basically his job is to like calm people that are close to death. Yeah, he becomes an orderly in a hospice. Yeah, because and uh, I like that, but I'm glad they didn't do it for too long because it would have been quite a depressing film if it was just him constantly speaking to people that were at death's door yeah and I think he'd be getting quite a bad reputation with the yeah. locals as well <laughs> I was yeah so I think we'll maybe just finish up there because we, we we kind of spoke about the nods as we went along and there wasn't really that much we disliked it was just a, maybe a wee bit over the top at times and for me there wasn't maybe a wee bit too much fan service but Overall, I enjoyed it, and after having it sitting next to my TV for two years, I'm glad to have finally watched it. Yeah, I feel I feel the exact same way. Uh, 
I'd actually really enjoyed the film. I wasn't expecting too much because I, I, I think when it came out, the reviews were pretty, pretty bad or pretty mediocre kind of thing. Mm. So I actually really enjoyed it for what it was, and I thought the cast done a really good job uh, acting as well. We love you, and don't we? Who doesn't? Come on. We love you, and that's Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to do any Star Wars references tonight. Can you help yourself? Only a couple. Right, so we'll finish up there. And Paul, do you want to take a wee turn, uh, same where our social medias are, and give it a wee update on that? I was going to say before we do that, do you want to do a final rating of the movie? Out of what 10. Rating? Out of 10. Okay, let me have a quick wee think. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, you go. I'll give it an 8. A good solid 8? Yeah. Okay. I think points off just because it was a wee bit too far-fetched at times and it became a wee bit too fan servicey towards the end. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'd I'd probably agree with you. A good a good solid eight. Um it was a good it was a good movie and like we we're struggling we we're really nitpicking to find things we didn't yeah. really like with the film. Oh I've just seen something on the screen that I just need to mention. The cat in the hospital is absolutely adorable. What's its name? I can't remember but it's so cute. <laughs> the death cat <laughs> it's so cute though right anyway that's that's to get distracted so is that you trying to avoid doing the social media duties again no no I'll do it as long as you can fire off the slogan I'll do that at the end yeah okay so yeah you can find us on all major social media platforms we've got a Facebook page we've got an Instagram page <coughs> sorry <coughs> keep coughing <laughs> COVID COVID um, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're quite active on Twitter, uh, engaging with different, different social media chat, uh, other channels and stuff, other podcasts. Um, we've also got on different other platforms where we post our actual podcasts as Spotify, Anchor, which let us do our podcasts for free. Uh, we're also we're not getting paid by them, by the way. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be nice to know the truck is off. Send a sense of sponsorship, are we? Um, we're also on Google um, Podcasts. And was there another one? Is it Apple Podcasts? Apple Podcasts, yeah. And your yeah. favourite one? Good Pods. Good Pods. Where I, we're still like have, I, still have, I still don't have the login, by the way. You need to send me that. Ah, no worries. So yeah, so just you check, missed, it, check, missed, it, check it out. You, you missed a key one there. We've got a even less shinier now after a few weeks have passed. We've got a I don't know, what do we have? A YouTube channel. Oh, a YouTube channel, yes, of course. A YouTube channel. And Paul is shaving soon and we're gonna start looking into potentially doing some YouTube videos and then converting that into audio for podcasts as well. So we're gonna try and dabble in that and get our, our faces off of the podcast and onto the onto the big screen yeah I'm not sure it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing either <laughs> may, may, may drive the drive the audience away okay in terms of what's coming up next on Tuesday evening we're going to be launching our top 10 movie villains and we're, we haven't like agreed on certain ones that we're going to rank it's going to be totally random so we're looking forward to doing that and we're also going to review 
the the Batman, the new movie starring Robert Pattinson. So we're looking forward to that next week. So just to finish off, just a reminder that our slogan is the power of escapism. And particularly in these troubling times, it's great to turn your brain off for an hour, talk about some movies and TV shows, and wind Paul up about his lack of knowledge of the use of clue powder. Still can't remember what that is, but... Paul didn't make it to the podcast last week because he, he said Diagon Alley wrong. It's a Harry Potter reference because we did a Harry Potter ranking, which you can also check out on our pages. But anyway, that's us, and we'll see you next time. Yep, see you next time.